0: This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bucklew. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. I am your host, Arlenis. Thank you for watching or for listening to this podcast Uh, Some quick reminders. Uh, I would love for you to stay in touch with us. And the way that we can do that is by following us on social media on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And you can do that by going on the link here on the description or the show notes. And also make sure to hit the subscribe button from wherever you're listening from or if you're watching on uh, YouTube so that you can be notified whenever we release a new episode. And when you follow us on social media, you'll be updated on who is going to be next on the podcast and all the good stuff that we're working on. We have many projects that we're working on. So yeah, stay tuned for that. And as we do every Tuesday, we have a new guest. We have Nick from the Bible Dangers podcast. And if you watch or listen to my previous episode, we had Ryan, who is also part of the Bible Dangers podcast, and he shares some information about what by Wildinger is how it start, how they started it, and what they do. So, if you would like to also listen to his testimony, you can do that. You can go after this episode and listen to ryan's episode and today we will have nick and we will be hearing his testimony as well uh he they're also part of the bar network uh so if you want to be uh listening to really solid christian podcasts and reformed uh podcast you can uh, just go to the bar network the bar stands for biblical and reformed And you can uh, go to the Instagram page and you can go on the link on the bio and you will be able to see a list of amazing podcasts. I have my favorites (laughs) so that I listen regularly. So you can do that by going on the link here on the description. So thank you guys again. And well, here's my conversation with Nick all right guys so i am here with nick from bible dingers ding 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 <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> welcome nick and thank you so much for taking this time to join us on our podcast
1: of course of course it's an honor thank you for having me
0: yeah as i was telling you before we started recording yesterday i was recording with uh ryan so your guys's episode is going to come like one after the other you know back to back so that's going to be fun cool. yeah Awesome. Yeah, So so now, like, you know, if people want to learn about your podcast and how it started, they have to go and listen to Ryan's episode because he already we talked about it and how you guys started. So it was really fun just to find out even about the name, how you guys came up with the name, because it's like a very catchy name, Bible Dangers. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was really fun. Uh, and today we will be listening, you know, to getting to know you and your testimony of salvation. And as I do with all my guests, I would love to have you just kind of give us a little background about, you know, your upbringing with your family, where you're raised in a believing home. Um, Yeah. And you can share as much as you like, you know, where where were you raised and all that juicy stuff. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Sure. 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 So I was raised. I was I was fortunate enough to be raised a Christian. Um, So that that was an amazing upbringing. Um, But of course, like most people, I found myself. in sin, you know, uh, doing things that I wasn't supposed to do. And, uh, I was stuck like that for a few years and God was sanctifying me through the process. I never denied him. I never, I never rejected him, but I was stuck until Mm -hmm. one day through all my mess. Um, God just burdened my heart that I want to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like from one day to the next, it's like, for me, everything changed. My mindset changed. My desires changed. My my way of life changed. Um, And, you know, I'm married now with children. So my priorities changed. And now I'm in seminary uh, training to be a pastor. And of course, while I do that, I'm continuing to do Bible dingers and Bible dingers and striving to be a pastor and obviously being a father and a husband. Has become my driving force for life. Just I, that's what I want to do, and I, I, I hope one day bring Bible things, you know, into my church, whatever church that may be, whatever God wants, and have it partnered with with the church. and And that's really my heart and and my mind right now. That's all I'm thinking about. It's my passion. Yeah. So,
0: are you the only child in your family, or do you have any uh, well, siblings?
1: I have. Uh yeah, I have one brother and I have uh four sisters. No, yeah, okay. three sisters actually. No, three sisters. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, they're all older than me. Okay. Uh and they're they're in their 50s, 40s. Um wow. so they're a lot older than me. But I I was raised with them a little bit, you know, they were in the house here and there as I was growing up and I have a good relationship with them now, mm-hmm. but none of them are believers. Mm-hmm. So please keep them in prayer in that mm-hmm. regard. Um, I'm the only one saved. Mm. So it puts me in, in sometimes uncomfortable positions because obviously everywhere I go, I want to talk about God and I want to bring um, Jesus. And because, you know, if you're saved and you're passionate about Jesus, why would I hold that back? You know, I want to talk about it the most because it's what sets me free, gets me aligned with God, makes me a child of God. So I want to talk about it. And I kind of Mm can't, you know, and and I try to find ways to bring it up,
0: especially
1: at this stage of my life. But it's hard. I'm sure you can relate, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I also have like many people in my family that are not believers. There are some that the Lord has kindly saved, you know, but it it is a struggle, you know, when you try to share with them, especially because my family is mostly Catholic. So, you know, it's like. Some of them say I was born Catholic and I'm gonna die Catholic. So yep. you have that um also. So in with your so you said that you were raised in a believing home. Like your parents are believers. Can you just share with us a little bit about what did it look like at home? Like how were your parents teaching you the gospel and confronting sin in your life?
1: Oh, it's it's mainly my mom. My mom was kind of the leader of my home in, in that way, the spiritual realm my dad almost kind of found his way into, you know, he became a deacon in a church and then he chose the other side and found his way back. And I'm not even sure where he's at, but my mom would, you know, since I'm a child, he would, she would read me the Bible. She would, Mm -hmm. whether I wanted it or not, (laughs) she would lay in bed with me at night and read up, read up, you know, the stories that she had and, And answer my questions and give me analogies, bring me to church, get me involved in the choir, get me involved in whatever she can get me involved in. She would even camp out in the car for hours on end. No, because we lived in in Staten Island and my church is in Brooklyn. Um, Now my church is in Brooklyn and I live even further. I live in New Jersey. (laughs) My mom would sit in the car for two, three hours so she wouldn't have to drive back home and just wait until whatever I was doing would be finished. So she was my support system. And then later on in life, when I was trying to figure out what college to go to and whatever, she was like, you know, I want you to go to a Christian college. And I was like, Ma, I don't wanna go to a Christian college. I don't want that. I I wanna go to a real college and I wanna make money and I wanna do this. And then lo and behold, years and years later, when I was failing college, I had like a 1.5 or 1.7 GPA. I was failing college. I said, mm-hmm. I'm going to a Christian college. Mm-hmm. And I went from failing college to, uh, to graduating with my bachelor's and having a, a pretty good GPA. Um, but God, I was fighting against God. God mm-hmm. eventually, inevitably brought me to where he wanted me. And I found myself um, at Naya College. That's where I got my bachelor's. And, you know, theologically, there's some things I don't agree with, but I can't imagine that point in my life not being there. It helped me academically. It helped me socially. Um, mm-hmm. And it helped me spiritually because it brought me exactly where I needed to be and creating the environment for me to do well in school. So um, yeah. that's part of my, my mom was in my ear saying, go to a Christian college. And I wasted three and a half years of my life. And inevitably... <laughs> a Christian college so it's funny
0: yeah and um so how would you describe yourself before Christ like what was Nick like before Christ
1: well I would I've, I've always been a Christian um I know there's some theologians or pastors that would say oh if you're indulging in sin you know you're not saved you're not saved until you give it all up you know there's some people who are on that side I believe it was all a part of my sanctification and I believe that because of the sins that I enjoyed or thought I enjoyed, that it's going to make me a more impactful pastor and uh, a, a better ministry partner to Ryan and, and Mark and Bible Dingers to be able to speak with people where they're at. And say, hey, I've been there. Listen, just trust God and, and rely on him and continue to seek his face, continue to read the word, continue to go to church. Don't think your feet are going to burn if you walk into church a sinner. We all were there, and up to a certain point, we still are. Not say we're content with our sins, but I fell into a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, drugs, pornography, uh, womanizing. You know, I'm not, I'm, I, I kind of want to hold back and not admit those things, but I feel like a part of any type of repentance in anyone's life a part of a major part of repentance is admitting it publicly is yeah. saying this is who I was and there's a part of me that doesn't want to be that honest doesn't want to be that open but I feel like if someone's watching and they're struggling with those things they can now watch this and say you know what God can Nick might not have been able to but God can yeah and I look back now and I say why do I want to get high I mean being with Christ and and studying his word you feel high not in that way you know (laughs) i don't mean that in a analytical way but like you feel like you are out of this world when you when you are wrestling with a text and you don't understand it and all of a sudden god brings an understanding to you that blows your mind you are exactly where you find joy you are exactly where you find happiness and there is a sense of satisfaction when you study God's word and in prayer and, and just submit to your life over that you don't think about that other pie because you're completely enjoying God. And I know it sounds weird. Like if you're watching this, and you're like, no, no, you don't understand. I do understand. I do understand. <laughs> God, God flips a switch. God does something in you. You can't explain it and you won't be able to. And that's a part of salvation. You can't explain mm-hmm. how God moves your heart over to wanting him you can't it's a miracle Mm -hmm. salvation is a miracle him moving your life molding you guiding you changing you is a miracle sanctifying you it's all a miracle in his holy spirit Mm -hmm. just intervene intervening where you just lost power when you're weak he's strong but you have to continue pushing towards him you can't push away a part of the change, a part of repentance is that I never renounced my Christianity. I continued going to church. I continued um, serving in ministry up to a certain extent. I mean, there was a part of my life where ministry got pulled away from me. My pastor knew what I was doing. He, uh, he put me under church discipline, but a part of it was I didn't run from it. I said, I'm in church discipline. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand that what I was doing, and who I was was not okay. And that's a part of change. You have to accept that what you're doing is not okay. Like Paul says, just because grace is here, do I just keep on sinning? No, no. Let grace abound? No. So I knew that as a Christian. So I, I accepted church discipline. I took it and I owned it. It took a number of years before I got ministry back. But I still kept attending church. I still kept going. I still kept trying to put God first. And then a little sudden he dropped a bomb on my life. and said, you know what, Nick, with everything you've been through, with all the experiences that you have, I want you to be a pastor. And I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't, I couldn't think about anything else. And I wrestled to go to seminary for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And I was not financially able to go to seminary. I said, God, I don't believe in, in half pastors like people who are uneducated, just trying to now counsel people. I have no idea what I'm doing or exposit the word. I have no experience in it. No, I need to go to school, God. What am I going to do? So then he brought me back to my childhood church. And it was a miracle upon miracles. My pastor calls me over and says, hey, I'm meeting with a dean of a seminary with you and another member of the church to talk about a potential scholarship would you like to have breakfast with us? And I said, yeah, <laughs> you know, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I went for the breakfast and the guy offered me a full ride. I just have to pay wow. a student to Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. That's why Bible Instagram kind of partners with them up to a certain point because I owe them everything. I mean, I owe God everything, but, but it was just, it was, it was a bomb drop. God said, I want you to do this. I want it to be a burden, but you know what? I won't leave you where you're at. I'm going to make moves because I want this to happen. He got me in school. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm going into my fourth semester. I'm taking Hebrew this semester. Wow.
0: Yeah. I I have some friends that so they go to seminary and out here in LA and yeah. And the Hebrew, I, I hear it's not that easy. <laughs> yeah, your face. Yeah.
1: Let me... <laughs> let, let me draw symbols on the wall and say, hey, make you know make this make sense. You know, exactly. You gotta read differently, different, different ways of reading. It's yeah. it's just all symbols. It's not really letters in what we would think letters. And if it does resemble an English letter, it's usually nothing like the English letter that it resembles. Yeah. You know, uh the pronunciation is even different, you know. So it's like yeah. You know, but it's fun and it's essential because yeah. a lot of these translations, like we we're discussing some of this, excuse me, on Instagram, because so many people are disagreeing with my post recently. And I said, in order to understand where I'm coming from, you need to go back. You need to go back to the original text and see how some things get lost in translation. And in order for us to know what it says, we have to go back. We have to. Yeah. And it's essential not only to pastors, but everyone's a theologian yeah we have tools available to us we need to make that a priority digging deeper
0: yeah so i just wanted to go back to something that you were saying that you were saying like oh i've always been a christian so okay do you feel do you think you were because nobody is born a christian like you know like that's not something that we inherit and even if you're raised in a believing home, your parents' faith are not passed on to you. Like, you know, like, yes, they teach you and all those things. And, and you know, and, and I try to remind that to our listeners that, you know, that just because of, like you will go to church probably every Sunday, that doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you do X, Y, and Z, it doesn't make you a Christian. So do you feel that? Maybe you had at some point just like head knowledge, but then there was a point in your life where, obviously, you know the Lord really convicted you of what sin really meant, and you know what your where you were standing with the Lord. You know, so did you do you feel that there was a that process, right? Like in your in your in your own life, like it, it wasn't like you were saved from the beginning. Well,
1: I I can't remember a time that I ever rejected Christ. I can't. Um, I've been blessed in that way. Whereas my whole life, from what I remember, I've always had some type of knowledge of God and, and a decision that Jesus is real, you know, Um, but I got baptized when I was 13, 14. And after that, my life was shaky, you know, as far as sin and, and I found myself a little later Then I, I took a couple steps backwards and I found myself again. I would say, I know this is tough, but I would say that my testimony is continuously being written. There's not one part where I would say that's when God worked because God has continuously sanctified me all throughout this process. Um, I've changed every year. Like I'd say for anyone who has a a set on testimony, it's very important. The story is important of how God um, took you from where you were and brought you over to where you are. And I have that element in my story. But. I would say every year, if I look back, there should be a testimony there. How God changed me the year before. If you go 365 days and you don't see a change in you, mm-hmm. there's a problem. So, yeah. do I have a sad story? Yeah, I, I do, partially. A couple of years I was in sin and God brought me out of it. And um, I find that I'm more secure in my faith now, that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm more mature, that I'm, I'm, I'm becoming or I am. A spiritually mature person. Um, Was I spiritually mature back then? No. Did I believe? Yes. But did God use that experience that I went through to bring me where I am today? Absolutely. Do I have a regret? Sure. But like any other sin, you should regret it. That's a part of repentance. But do I shame myself? No, because I can use this experience now as, as help for those that are in the sins I was at, so so mm-hmm. I appreciate the the story, um, but as far as a set testimony, I don't really have a story. It's it's a process. I'm, yeah. I'm still being saved. Yeah.
0: All of us are right, and that, that's yeah. going to be until the day we go to be with the lord like we will be in this process of sanctification It's i think it was a quote by uh rc sproul that glorification doesn't happen in this in this world right it it will happen you know when once we go to be with the lord so we will be battling with sin and that's why we need scripture that's why we need the word of god because it it convicts our heart of our sins and brings us to repentance so what would you say um have like what are some of the changes that you've seen like in in your life of the lord working throughout this year's you know in your own sanctification things that you probably cherished before and then you just hated it and now you have another love for god
1: yeah you you just nailed it you nailed it so the things i thought i would never stop loving like drugs i thought there would be in my i can't friday night not getting high like I can't imagine, like, not wanting that outlet. I couldn't imagine, like, not having a time where I just enjoy myself and, and just, but I don't even think about it anymore. And during that time, I was like, there's no way. I have to have some fun. I have to, I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm sure God is fine with it. You know, m- making justifications for mm-hmm. my sinful desires. And now I don't even think about it. There's other sins that I think about, you know, not saying I'm perfect. I'm, I'm continuously being conformed to the image of Christ. And I recognize that. Um, but but the things that I used to love, I now despise. Um, I despise them. Like literally, and, and something that happened to was uh, I had a best friend for life. He was a brother to me more more of a brother than anyone I could ever imagine and he overdosed and died mm. and um, he we would talk on the phone every day we were like this we we were like blood he was everywhere i went you know I, we were on the phone 24 7 we knew each other like the back of our hand and one morning he didn't call me and in effect there's a memorial um, episode on our Bible history about him um one mm. one morning he just didn't call me He always calls me 10 30. He takes a break from his job. He calls me and I hit up his girl and I'm like, Hey, have you heard from him? No, 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 no. She ran over his house dead, dead on the floor. I never got a chance to say goodbye. Mm. And that was devastating to me. That was the first time I experienced death in my life. And after that, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes too. After that, a little bit after that, one of the guys used to smoke with, um, at my job came down he had a cough. You know, he didn't think anything of it. Went to the ER, got it, gave him a pump, whatever. And he seemed to get better. But then it came back, stage four lung cancer. Mm. And through those experiences, i not saying that I would have hated them in that moment. But now looking back, I realized, what am I doing? I instantly stopped smoking. Instantly. Mm. Cold turkey. Didn't even look back. Didn't even have one. And people say, oh, there's withdrawals. Whatever. You know what's withdrawing? Dying. That's withdrawing. You know what I mean? So it's like, you, you, you know what's bad? Death. Like, I don't want to die. I want to live for Jesus. So like, stop li- having one foot in and one foot out. Like, I c- couldn't do it anymore. And then once I once he died, to be honest with you, not saying it was his fault at all, but God used that as a way to move me closer to him and say, you don't have the person that you had before. You don't have that comfort. You don't have that stability in that one person. anymore. I'm God. He's not. I'm God. Mm -hmm. You need to lean on me the way you lean on him. And I wasn't thinking that I didn't think I was making that guy God in my life. But now looking back, I kind of was, you know, and, and, and now I have God. And it was devastating. But I look back and say, you know, not that I'm thankful that he died. But I'm thankful that God used it to bring me where I'm at.
0: Yeah. And I so now, I could just keep
1: talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was great. No, like things that you probably used to love, but the Lord just changed that, and and that's what happens, right? Like, and that's part of our own sanctification too. That the things that they're worldly things that we can cling to and we love, but probably are not. God honoring and so the Lord is the one who has to come and change those things and give us a you know a new love for a new passion, a new love for something and it's for him. It has to be always, you know, on the things that are heavenly, not on things that are from the this earth, right? Um, and so now uh at this stage of your life, so you're still in seminary, like you said, and you're serving in your church, right? Uh what are you doing in your church?
1: I'm a worship leader. Um, I run the, the music ministry in my church. You can sing. Uh, I mean, sure, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I sing for God. I, I'm not going to say I'm Austin Stone, but, but I sing for God. I, I enjoy it. I love it. It's a part of me. Um, and I'm, I'm preaching. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm preaching this Sunday.
0: Oh, nice. I'm
1: a, a training pastor. You know, um, we, we go through a process of mentorship in my church when my pastor is mentoring me. Uh, as an individual, like we, I run all my sermons past him, I uh, ask him a billion questions for school, he helps me with my papers, he helps me with languages, whatever, whatever I need, the man is there for me, and uh, basically when I go, when I go and preach, he has this, this huge uh, review sheet that he has some of the elders fill out, him, um, his daughter, they all, they, and then I, I get like five or six sheets of, of feedback from my sermon, some good, some mm-hmm. bad, you know, so, so now I could then look back and I keep them in a binder and throughout all my sermons, I look back and say, wow, you know, I've gotten better, you know, I've, I, with okay. the feedback, you know, so yeah. I see my growth and, and he's, you know, so he gives me yeah. four times a year that I can preach. I sing every week. I serve any other way that I can, you know, um, w- whatever I can do. I, if I could say yes, I say yes. I'm a little far away from the church at this point. I'm like an hour, an hour, 15 away, but we still make it. Wow. Oh, so you
0: guys drive from New Jersey to Brooklyn, right? I'm from yeah. New York too. So I was talking to, uh, when I was talking to Ryan, he was saying that you guys go to, uh, you got him to go to also to this church in Brooklyn. Uh, my uncle, I was telling him that my uncle is there in Brooklyn. So I have families like in Long Island, most of them are there, but then I have cousins like in the Bronx and then my uncle in Brooklyn. So yeah, so I actually used to drive to Queens. From Long Island, uh, to from Copec to Queens for my church when I was back there. But yeah, and it was like, actually, it was like an hour or two. So, yeah, you know. But that's amazing. And and so, what is your goal then? Um, to um to pastor a church? Like, are you gonna stay seeking for opportunities there in the church that you are? Like, what are your uh long term, you know, goals? Long term goal: I want
1: I, I want to join a church that cares about expositional preaching. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I don't know what that will look like. That's on God right now. I'm content where I'm at. I love my church. I'm growing, but my pastor does plan on retiring in a few years. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what that time frame, what that time is going to look like. I have no idea. I don't have a plan. My plan is go to school, learn, yeah. absorb, be a sponge, take in as much as you can pour into Bible lingers as much as you can pour into the network and, and, and get to know everyone there and continue to love on them. They love on us and just enjoy the present time that I'm in. Don't mm-hmm. rush it. And when God opens that door, I'm going to run in there. But I'm not content being a pastor until I'm graduating. That's just, that's my brain. Mm-hmm. I will not be content. If someone offered me a job right now, I'd say no. Now, if someone says, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to hire you, Bible thing is full time. I'm all in. <laughs> I mean, I'm all in. But as far as pastorship, I think that the Bible is very clear. Yeah. You need to go into pastorship as uh, a prepared individual. Yeah. Um, so Great. that's where my heart is at right now. Yeah. Bible things and just school and, and yeah. whatever else, family and stuff, you know, dealing with everything at once is hard. But that's yeah. really my heart.
0: And so because I already talked to Ryan about Bible Dangers, how you guys started it, like I said in the beginning, Uh, what is your guys' long-term goal with Bible Dinger? What do you see, you know, Bible Dangers?
1: It would be, I think I could speak for all three guys. It would be our dream to do it forever. And it would be our dream to continue to grow and be able to do it full time so that we don't have to have another job. We can continue to produce content for people for people's edification and for the glory of God, mm-hmm. and, and just start pushing stuff out like crazy. YouTube videos, podcasts, uh, curriculum on Instagram, uh, teaching blogs, expositions, books, you know, that's kind of what we want. Um, yeah. Not to just be a podcast, not to say there's anything wrong with it. We, that's our bread and butter is, is our podcast. That's, we've done it for a number of years. But like Ryan uses this technology all the time with us, like now we're moving into more than a podcast, like Domino's Pizza, you know, how they take off the pizza for to show that they have more than wings. or I mean, like they have more stuff like wings and, and whatever, yeah. brand, you know, yeah. well, eventually it's take podcasts off and be everything, yeah. uh, be a teaching ministry, like a Ligonier, or yeah. or a Grace to You. It's way more than preaching, and that's kind of our heart. We want people at all stages, at all, you know, whatever road of life they're on, to be able to find a resource that can help them get closer to God.
0: Yeah, and I've seen like, um, uh, I've listened to some of the episodes, and I've seen that you guys, um, and also on social media, that you guys are posting like according to the book that you guys are going through. And I know that Ryan mentioned about that, that you guys choose a book from the Bible, you know, and you guys give like the historical background of that of that book and and things like that. Uh, But I've also seen that you guys choose just topics. And sometimes you invite guests over to talk about those topics. So how you guys how do you guys go by? Uh, you know, choosing the topics, uh, who is the next guest that, we're? you know, who can we invite? How do you guys go by choosing those, preparing? How long of preparation does it take you guys for each episode?
1: Oh, it takes several hours for each episode. Um, Ryan is the content creator for our episodes. Um, I mean, we all play a role that's important, but he really gathers the information. And I think it takes him about 10 to 13 hours to come mm-hmm. up with the outline for each book. Um, how we pick out the guests is when we're at a topic, let's say the book of Romans, obviously salvation is a huge topic, um, especially Romans nine through 12, right? So we say, okay, this is relevant to the book. We need to talk about salvation. We need to talk about being a Calvinist, being an Arminian. And, and then we had uh, Leighton Flowers on for his view. Mm-hmm. And basically what we try to do is educate people on all sides. I think at this point, Everyone knows we're reformed. We're in the biblical and reform network. We're associated with Baptists. We go to a Baptist church. Um, We care about exposition. We care about all that truth. But if someone has uh, a view that they're using the Bible to support, and we find that, you know, it's, we might not agree with it, but it's worth knowing so that we can better defend ourselves and get closer to God and maybe even challenge our own biases. Like, I think it's important. To challenge your own bias, like mm-hmm. not just believing what you believe because you were raised that way. I was raised a Baptist, so I'm gonna believe in predestination. No, that's not how the Bible works. You believe in predestination because that's what the Bible teaches. You don't believe in predestination because you were upbrought, you know, predestination. Yes. So now our challenge for the people is. These three individuals or however many guests we have, we just kind of send mass emails out to people who are known for specific views. And we ask of them that they would be on the show. Some say no, some say yes. And we provide all three different views. And then we say, listener, now it's up to you. Go to the Bible and figure out which one you're aligned with. You know, our biases, you know where I stand. But we want to challenge you to read your Bible in a deeper way. So know these views. Now check it with the Bible. We're not an advocate for cancel culture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If someone has a view. Not saying that we would have someone on the show that says that that Jesus isn't God. You know, mm-hmm. no, no, no. That's 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 now we're now we're teaching people stuff that will get them out of heaven. You know what I mean? So, so no, no, no. But if someone says I'm an Arminian or I'm a Calvinist and I take Arminianism biblically and these are my passages and this is what I use to form a hermeneutic. We want to hear it, Um, and and, and for multiple reasons that I just suggested before, but uh, that's kind of how we pick guests. We say, what topic's coming up next in the book that we're in, and let's talk about all the different views surrounding that topic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I really enjoyed the Q&A that you guys did with um, Justin Peters the other day also, so that was really fun. Just people like asking. That was really fun to see also, so I hope you guys do it again. Oh, (laughs) I I will. Yeah, we had my friend and I, I was talking to my friend, I was like, oh, they're talking about this. So you guys got into the topic of like the Catholic theology or Catholic Church. And so my friend, uh, she's very passionate about learning about those things because we do obviously have Catholic friends and things like that. And just sometimes sharing the gospel can be a little tricky and Mm -hmm. some discussion sometimes get a little tricky just to talk about. So, yeah, we didn't get to ask our question. (laughs) Hopefully next time.
1: (laughs) Um, I anticipate there will be a Q and A part two. Awesome. So I just have to keep in touch with Justin Peterson because I don't want to bother the man. He's yeah. very busy, but he's yeah. very humble, and uh, I'm hoping he'll say yes. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I even have some questions for him, you know. And and, and we are going to go into the direction of having Q and As for more than him too. Like now, if if we have a guest let's say we want a guest on the show and it doesn't fit with our show structure. We're just going to ask them to be on, on YouTube to cover a specific topic or a Q and a.
0: So that's kind of the
1: future of what we want to do.
0: Yeah. That's, and that's really helpful because there, you know, many of us have many questions sometimes and it's amazing to hear uh, other people just kind of walking us through and explaining through, Mm -hmm. you know, with the Bible um, and help us understand better, you know, just, things that come up with like, especially when you're sharing the gospel with some other people that believe something else. So that's awesome. Um, And so just if you don't mind, wouldn't mind just sharing with everyone where they can find you guys and I'll be sure to include the links for sure. Also.
1: Sure. Everything we have is on www.bibledingers.com. B-I-B-L-E-D-I-N-G-E-R-S. Um, You could also find us across the board at Bible Dingers on all social media. Our heart is uh, really towards ig because we have a a, would say a teaching um page where we share our episodes of course but we go through various curriculums um i run that page and right now we are talking about god's attributes and we are talking about i have to think about it uh oh how can i forget the commentary on the book of romans yeah um so we have a third column that is all on our episodes what's coming out where we're at now a uh, second column with Romans commentary, and a first column of the attributes of God. Yeah. Um,
0: sure.
1: But in the past, too, we've gone through various topics. Uh, the I Am sayings we covered, verses that uh, talk about Christ's deity we covered, um, the apostles we covered. So if if maybe you don't want to listen to a podcast, but you want to learn some other way, we're trying to provide you teaching in Instagram as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like I said to Ryan yesterday, you like I I think it's Mark who does the graphic for you guys and you guys just I mean, everything just looks so high quality and and pretty good. And thank you also because I mentioned this to Ryan yesterday that you were the you're the one who told me, Arlie, maybe you should change, you know, your Instagram name to something that it's more related to your to your Instagram, which is so true. And I, I didn't think about it. So you were the one who encouraged me to do that.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I meant that in a good way, of course. I
0: know, of course, <laughs> and I'm very grateful because it's true. I was like, you know, I kind of just forgot about it. I just named it because I didn't, I couldn't put the whole name of the podcast; it was too long. But when you told me, I was like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, for people who will be searching, but that was like really sweet of you. So very, very grateful for that. Just to see, yeah, you I know, to
1: know stuff. I saw your name <laughs> and I searched ordinary people on it, and I couldn't find you. And, I, and then I finally found you. I'm like oh this this is too
0: difficult yeah i know but thank you that was so thoughtful and just really helpful you know like there's so many things that we're focusing focusing on and when we're working different projects and i just kind of forgot about the social media stuff but yeah that was really nice of you uh well, some... you guys
1: are great you guys are really really great we obviously love all of the podcasts on the network and, and you guys being one of them you're producing amazing stuff so it is an honor to be interviewed by you thank you so much for having me on
0: no, thank you for for joining me. And I do have three more questions, three my for, signature question for the podcast.
1: For uh, if
0: you wouldn't mind just sharing some of your favorite books, um, any books that have been helpful for you.
1: Um, I love The Power of I Am by Joe Osteen. It's my favorite. No, I'm only kidding. Uh,
0: no. What? I'm like, wait, what? Did you just say that name? <laughs> like, okay.
1: No, I told Take right. it back, I said, Scratch that. I said, bro, I said, bro I'm going to just sit there for yeah, a second. Yeah, I was looking at it your it face because you
0: look like, you look serious. I'm like, uh, wait, did he just say Joel Olstein? <laughs> You're in the wrong podcast.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I told him. I was like, bro, I'm not going to correct myself. I'm just going to let that sit there for a second. Uh, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, did you see no. my face though? I was like,
1: "Yeah, right." Are you
0: sure, that's what you're saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I would say, um, obviously, the Bible. Um, I'm not a crazy book reader, believe it or not. That's more Ryan, but mm-hmm. I definitely enjoy books. The most impactful book that I've read in the past couple of years has been Knowing Christ, um, the sayings, uh, the I Am sayings of Jesus. That's written by R.C. Sproul. It's very short. And honestly, I think one of the things that this Christian community lacks, not this, but like the Christian as a whole, the Christian community lacks is they don't know how to defend the deity of Christ. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to say, this is where the Bible shows that Jesus is God. They don't know how to do that. And um, while reading that book, knowing that Jesus's words themselves can be used to show that he is God. You can go other places, but you could actually go. They said, oh, no, Jesus never said he was God. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. When you see me, you've seen the Father. You know, there's a lot of I am sayings, though, like the, the famous ones that actually point to his divinity more than we think. So yeah. that book uh, was definitely edifying. Um, right now I'm, I'm reading another R.C. Sproul book. I love him. He's very easy to read. Um, He's so smart and deep, but he puts it in a way that is super uh, relatable and understandable. Like you don't feel like the words are going over your head. I love his work. And of course, I have a ton of books that I never read that are just sitting in my bookshelf that I'm trying to get to. (laughs) Uh, But I spend more time, believe it or not, reading through commentaries. I use Lagos a lot. Um, Okay, yeah. I use Lagos a lot. I'm always on there reading through commentaries and and uh, D. A. Carson's uh, book of John commentary. in The book of John is one of my favorites. um, If I'm in John, but like um, if depending on what book I'm in, um, I usually go right to Logos and just spend hours reading commentaries or or references or um, articles. As far as sitting there reading a book, it's hard for me because uh, most of the time I'm reading the Bible instead or or Uh, cross-referencing myself or reading articles or whatever
0: yeah and you know as i let me uh sorry i was gonna read this um verse and just like as you were talking about like the deity of christ i think one of the passages that i love about that it's just like god himself confirming like jesus that's his beloved son right and that's like when he is being baptized on mark 1 9 to 11 and immediately coming up out of the water uh he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him and a voice came out of heaven you are my beloved son and in you i am well pleased and you just see the trinity there you know and it's like yeah yeah, yeah amazing absolutely. right just having the father himself confirming this is my beloved son this is the one i sent to you guys right this and one.
1: this is the one
0: yeah uh and now let's uh what are three things that brings you joy oh
1: man I only <laughs> have <anything in> three
0: <laughs> why is it that everyone kind of gets stuck in this question that, and honestly it's it been happened been to me 10. It happened yeah. to me when I shared my testimony. I was my husband was the one doing the interview, and I was like, "Oh, I should have thought about this. I always, you know, ask this question, and I couldn't think about three things."
1: The three things that bring me joy is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. No, um,
0: you could have say the Trinity, and you know you just <laughs> <laughs> put it in one. No, I have
1: to. I have to. The three different persons. I could use them all. <laughs> um, uh, I would say you know, uh, bring me joy, um doing things for God brings me ultimate joy and satisfaction. My ministry, um, I can't explain to you how much joy it takes to to go and, and record the podcast and, and produce content. So that would be uh, doing whatever I can for God would be number one that brings me joy. Secondly, is being a, a husband and a father. Um, I can't tell you the joy that I get when I run home and these kids grab my legs and, and, and pour love on me that, that you know, any person would want. So uh, that brings me joy. And plus, you bring God into everything you do. So uh, seeing how much they've grown and seeing how my six year old prays and is learning how to read and Jesus is all over them makes me so proud. Knowing that I do so many things wrong, at least I know that that's one element that I'm doing right. For now, God can do whatever He wants, but I know I'm doing my duties. Um, <laughs> lastly what's the third one that brings me joy um I should have separated those two (laughs) Uh, um I really have to think about the third one I mean once I get off the off the phone with you or or zoom whatever I'm I'm gonna think about like 500 of them (laughs) um third thing that brings me joy I mean this would all be connected to things of God, but I really do love networking with the people from the Bar Network. Um, Right now, that's like my top three. It's like one of the greatest things that's ever happened to us as a ministry, joining the Bar Network, uh, because Mm -hmm. we've met all of you. So, and I don't mean that in a superficial way just to have an answer, but I really I really mean it, like just meeting you guys, having the bar parties, having these interviews, uh, going to G3, that was one of the greatest things I've ever done um, meeting everyone and and networking. Um, those are my top three things that I love doing right now. Uh, I'm sure there's a gazillion other things on the list that I can think of. (laughs) You'll think about
0: it later. (laughs) Once you go back to work.
1: (laughs) Listen, as long as God is first on my list, I know I didn't do anything wrong. So I'm good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, don't worry that the other ones they they don't count right now. yeah anyway, <laughs> yeah no though, but that's awesome. and um just a few to it in mind, you know like when we come here, we share our testimonies and it's always pointing to Jesus Christ, uh so why do we need Jesus?
1: uh because i'm I'm actually preaching on what I'm going to give you as an answer. uh I'm preaching this Sunday on Colossians 1 um, 15 through 19. We need Jesus because uh well, let me start with this on, on a, I'll kind of give you a sneak peek of my sermon on Thanksgiving. We see, we sit around the table. um, Some of us, not all of us. And we say, Hey, let's go around the table and say what we're thankful for. Um, First challenge is do we ever say we're thankful for God? And if we do, do we say we're thankful for Christ? Why? Because he saves us. That's kind of like, it it kind of just comes out natural. We're thankful for Christ because he died on the cross for our sins. But knowing that Jesus is more than the cross knowing that Jesus didn't just exist for the cross. Colossians really helps us view Christ for who he is. He is the head of all creation. He is creator. He is savior. He is God. So why do we need Christ? Because we need God. Why do we need God? Because we have nothing else. Christ is God. Um, there's There's a distinction we can talk about in his humanity and his, and his divine nature, and all these miraculous things that we can talk about. But in reality, why do we need Jesus? Because he's the only way to God, because he is God, because he's superior to all other kings, and queens, and presidents, and, and authorities, and gods. He is superior to everything, and that's why we need Christ. Yeah. Don't let me start preaching. I can keep going. <laughs>
0: Can you can continue, but I know that we, you know, you have to go very soon. Uh, But thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for also joining me. And again, for those who will be who are listening or watching, you can find Bible Dingers here on the description of the show notes and. Ryan, if you, uh, not Ryan, Nick, you see, like, I'm getting confused now because I have one Ryan and not same. Nick. Oh, one right. of the
1: same. You right? guys are
0: like pretty close. So it's okay, I guess. We're
1: three and one. It's fine.
0: <laughs> three and <in> one. <laughs> yeah,
1: That's it's right. true.
0: Three guys. No, but prayer. thank you, uh, Nick, again. And if you wouldn't mind just closing us in prayer.
1: Of course, Father God, we love you so much. And this was such a great time with me and my sister in Christ. Father, I pray that you would bless her ministry. That you would continue to set her on fire for you, God, that she would just put you first in her lives. And I pray that for not only her, but for whoever's listening and for me, myself, Lord, help us continue to put you first. Help us do everything we can to bring glory to your name. Help us pour ourselves into your word and into some prayer lives, Lord, because so often we do one and not the other. We pray, but we don't read, or we read and we don't pray, or whatever. No, it's a total package. Christ, prayed uh in his humanity jesus prayed and and we are to follow that example to to seek your face and to know you better and to read your word and to memorize it help us memorize it father not just read it but memorize it wear it on our hearts so that when people try to challenge what we know as truth that we can defend it not with opinion but with facts with your word lord and father i do pray that whoever is listening to this Who's struggling with any particular sin would be encouraged by what we shared today, knowing that you are sovereign over all things, even the things that we think we love or we think have us captured. There is nothing, there is nothing that could pull us away from you when you call us by name, Father. So uh, I pray that if anyone is struggling with a particular sin, Father, that you would pull him or her out of it and that they would. They would seek your face, continue to push towards you and know that you are uh, that, that you are strong when we are weak, God, that you are a God that never, ever fails us, not even once. Thank you for this time, for your glory, for your honor, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen.